everyone, and welcome to the ChurchLeaderInsights.com podcast. I'm Nelson Searcy, your host for these regular podcasts where we look at issues of church planting, church health, and church growth. And uh, welcome back to the podcast. And uh, today we're going to go inside my Renegade Pastors coaching network for what I suppose is most applicable to the area of church health because healthy churches are led by healthy pastors. So recently in my Renegade Pastors Coaching Network, I gave a talk of my top three stress management lessons. And I gave this talk in honor of the rollout of a brand new resource that we just released at Church Leader Insights called the Stress Management Seminar. And in this resource, I give you 10 practices for managing the stress of ministry. And in this overview inside the Renegade Pastors Network, I look at three of those in a very overview kind of way. But then uh, hopefully this will whet your appetite and you'll want to go deeper and pick up the full resource. And if you do, you can find information about that at churchleaderinsights.com forward slash stress. And the truth is the stress of ministry never goes away, but we want to do all that we can here at Church Leader Insights to help you manage that stress. And uh, this resource, it's a big resource, extremely practical resource, could just be a life-saving resource. I think it'd really be of help to you. In fact, I think this talk will be of help to you as well. So let me just remind you that this is going into my Renegade Pastors Network, which is my basic level coaching network, where where pastors commit to be a part of an ongoing network where month after month I give them lessons like this, strategy and briefing calls, equipping interviews with some of the best-selling authors and well-known church uh, leaders in the world. And uh, this is one of our monthly strategy and briefing calls. And so the entire call was about 90 minutes. You're going to experience about uh, 20-something minutes of this as I give you these three stress management lessons. This is recorded via phone call. So you may notice as we go into the teaching that the audio changes just a bit. But I think as long as you've got your audio cranked up, you should be fine. So let's go live into my Renegade Pastors Network for my top three uh, stress management lessons. I'll be back at the end with more details. I want to talk with you about uh, three stress management lessons that I've learned over the years. And I'm doing this talk because I have a brand new resource about managing stress. And in that resource, I give you 10 strategies that I've developed for managing stress. And I've had a long-time relationship with stress, going back to uh, my teenage years when my doctor said I needed to learn to manage stress in my life. And at that time, I wasn't even in ministry. I was uh, I owned a computer business and a lot of pressures of leading a growing business. And I was losing weight very rapidly, and I was having a few other health issues. And the doctor said, you're just stressed. And I'm like, but doctor, I'm 16 years old. And uh, so I've had this uh, ongoing relationship Uh, with stress, and uh, recently I put uh, all of those lessons together uh, in a big workshop. But in this uh, limited time that we have, uh, I've pulled aside three of the best lessons I have for managing stress, and I want to give those to you uh, right now. And uh, I do hope that you will listen to the full resource, but even if you can't get that, uh, you will uh, be helped, I believe, in this next uh, time that we have together. So to help us with this, let me ask you, Uh, just in your own mind, to identify right now what is stressing you. What are the current stressors in your life? And if you just felt your heart rate go up a little bit and your blood pressure increase, 
Uh, well, welcome to ministry. We all have stressors in our life. And so uh, it's, it's very powerful to identify what those stressors are. And uh, even though we won't talk about it much in this lesson today, you want to turn your stress list into a prayer list. And uh, that's one of the things I talk about in the bigger resource. But identifying what is stressing you out is very powerful. And so I just made a list. This is where I am right now as I'm delivering this talk to you. Uh, I'm under stress. Uh, I had a staff member recently resign. Uh, it's a good resignation in that sense and that we're not forcing uh, him to resign. He was actually picked off by a church of about 20,000 in another part of the country. And uh, that kind of irritates me when it happens because, uh, you know, the journey is a decent size uh, church. I mean, we run 2,000 or so uh, on a given week, and uh, I often feel like we're kind of a training ground um, for uh, sometimes these mega churches that are even bigger than us. And uh, over the years, a number of my staff have been picked off by churches that are larger uh, than ours. And it always just irritates me a little bit uh, when that happens. I'm kind of happy for uh, the person on our staff who's leaving to go to a larger church, but you know, it's stressful. Uh, I have to fill that position. And uh, just today we cranked up the interview process and looking for three candidates and three different interviews. And it just takes a lot of time praying for God's person uh, and having to change strategies and stuff because of this one person uh, that's leaving. So uh, that is uh, an issue. So that's something that's stressing me out. Uh, also, just uh, before I got on the call, I had lunch with a couple uh, in our church, and uh, this is a couple that has been growing. Uh, they've been moved up in the leadership. In fact, both the husband and the wife have recently accepted uh, leadership in our church, and he fell off the wagon last week. In fact, uh, he has a history of alcoholism, but he fell off the wagon, went to his job drunk, uh, last Tuesday was fired from his job, somehow or another miraculously got another job by the end of that week, uh, flew out to another city uh, for some training this weekend, and when he arrived home last night, so what would that have been Monday night, when he arrived home last night, he walked off the plane just plastered, and uh, his wife uh, had to drive him home. Uh, absolutely drunk. And uh, their marriage is now all in turmoil. You can imagine all that's going on in their life. Uh, she's scheduled to be a leader, uh, a co-leader at least, in our growth groups this fall. They were both signed up for membership class uh, on Sunday, and obviously we have grace and all of that. But, you know, that's a stress. I'm praying for this couple. It, what a tragedy uh, for someone to uh, be on the straight and narrow for a number of years and uh, then all of this happened. So I'm praying for them, and, and I feel the stress of working with them as a pastor. Uh, also, I've got a sermon due on Sunday. I feel the stress of that. Uh, I finished the manuscript this morning about 7 a.m., but uh, I have to polish that up. I'll have my run-through later this week. And not only do I have the sermon for Sunday, but I have the sermon for next Sunday. And I have the sermon for the Sunday after that. And then I'm off for a week, but I've got a sermon for the Sunday after that. And so stress is part of ministry because it just never goes away. I mean, there's always somebody who's fallen off the wagon. There's always another marriage that's in trouble. There's always another sermon to write. There's always a staff member who is resigning. Uh, in addition to that staff member, I had to meet yesterday with an underperforming staff member. And uh, the meeting went long, and it was uh, rather brutal. 
But, uh, you know, last night I came home with just the stress of that and wondering, will they make it and are they going to turn it around and what's going to go on with that? That's part of life. Uh, connected to that, we have one of our locations about to go to two services in two weeks, and we're making big preparations to make sure those two services launch well. One of our locations just moved uh, to a bigger location on Sunday, a big 600-seat uh, auditorium. That went really well, but now we've got to get ready for next week. And then uh, we, our main location in Manhattan uh, is at five services, and it's absolutely full. And we're trying to find bigger space for that. And I know all of these things are prayer requests. They're issues that we deal with, but they bring stress into your life. In addition, I've got a book due in just a few months, and I'm trying to lose some weight, and, you know, uh, I need to find another bulldog. So all of this stuff goes into our lives. And as I think about my list and you think about your list, you have to learn to manage stress. Because it's not going to go away. There is no such thing as a stress-free ministry. So you have to learn to manage stress or it will destroy you. And so what I've learned is that the average pastor, which, you know, this, this Renegade Pastors Network is all about helping you stay off average. The average pastor just lets stress happen to them, and then they respond to it negatively. And uh, most people are experiencing a ton of negatives in their life because they have no strategy for managing stress. Uh, they've never thought about how to manage uh, stress, and they're living in total distress. And in fact, uh, a lot of pastors are dealing with health problems because of stress. I mean, when I went to the doctor at 16 years old, uh, I was losing weight. Uh, I was having some other physical uh, ailments regarding uh, stress. And uh, I was even having some blurred vision. And as a 16-year-old computer programmer who was trying to build a business, this was not a good combination. Uh, but even now, you know, as we get older, uh, we have high blood pressure because of stress. We have uh, heart issues because of stress. We have headaches because of stress. And if you just let the stress pile up and pile up and pile up, you will have health issues, physical health issues. Then at the same time, you will have emotional uh, issues. You know, a lot of depression in ministry is brought on uh, because of stress. And I'm going to talk about why that is a little bit later. But a lot of pastors experience depression or they experience uh, serious downturns in their emotional health because of stress. And then if they don't learn to manage stress, uh, it can get even worse. You know, people begin to try to self-medicate when it comes to stress. I'm, I'm sure it's part of my issue of why I tend to overeat. And for many years, you know, the ice cream uh, bowl at the end of the day, that was my way of managing uh, stress. I've learned now it's healthier if I just go for a run and things like that. But uh, being overweight can be an issue uh, with stress. Even a lot of uh, porn addiction, uh, that's really related to uh, stress. And then uh, things like uh, alcohol, um, uh, that uh, even pastors can get into or abusing prescription uh, medication that pastors can get into. Uh, all of that can be as a result of stress. And then lately, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's been a rash of suicides among pastors. And uh, you look at uh, what some of the commonality among these pastors who have decided to end it. Yeah, there's emotional issues and there's uh, spiritual issues and there's physical issues, but they all have this history of major stress uh, in their life. And so the average pastor just kind of lets stress happen to them. But the renegade pastor, the renegade pastor makes a different choice. 
the renegade pastor doesn't just react to stress. They're proactive in managing stress. The renegade pastor abandons average and chooses their response to stress ahead of time before the stress comes and then manages it positively. And they choose a more positive approach of managing stress with God's help, managing stress in community with other pastors by finding a place like we have here at the Renegade Pastors Network where there's other pastors who are on the same journey together that can pray for, encourage, and build one another up. They, they choose a more proactive response. They learn strategies, proven strategies, that can help you manage stress. And so you have that choice. You can either react to the stress and deal with all the issues, or you can be proactive in managing the stress. So I want to help you be proactive. And uh, I lay out a number of different ways to uh, deal with stress. Uh, but let me just give you three uh, here in this uh, time that we have uh, together. And so these are uh, stress management lessons. And the first one is uh, more of a mental uh, ascent. It's something you have to choose uh, to believe and choose to accept. And then the other two um, are, are ones a little more intellectual, ones uh, more practical. But let's, let's talk about the mental game of stress for a moment. So if you're going to manage stress in your ministry, number one, you have to acknowledge that the stress never goes away. You have to just accept that stress is a fact of life in ministry. Now, stress is a fact of life in whatever. It's, it's a fact of life in anything. I mean, if you own your own business, if you work for somebody else, if you're retired, I mean, every, every part of life has stress. The only people that are stress-free are six feet under, as the saying goes. But especially in ministry, there is no such thing as a stress-free life, and there is no such thing as a stress-free ministry. You know, when I put out this resource, some people wanted to call it, you know, the stress-free pastor, maybe kind of like my resource called the debt-free pastor. But there is no such thing as a stress-free pastor. There's no such thing as a stress-free life. And so I can't make that promise to you, and neither can anyone else. And, in fact, I'll show you in stress management lesson number two why you don't want a stress-free life because you won't grow. Uh, atrophy sets in. You die. So there is no such thing as a stress-free life, and there's definitely no such thing as a stress-free ministry. And so we just have to come to grips with that, that we are called to this. Uh, we're called to a ministry of stress. We're called to bear burdens. We're called to manage life and eternity-type uh, issues. And so the issue is not can I eliminate stress, but how can I manage stress? And we shouldn't be surprised because we're followers of Jesus, and we take Jesus' words very seriously. And in John 16:33, Jesus said, In this world you will have trouble. And so there is going to be trouble. There's going to be trouble in our world, trouble in our lives, trouble in our families, trouble in our churches, and then there's going to be people that we deal with and the trouble in their lives, in their families, and in their ministries. And so stress is part of what we do. And so you've got to learn to embrace that, accept that, acknowledge that stress never goes away. So aren't you glad that I'm giving you this good news that stress never goes away? But I'll tell you the truth. You know, uh, you never have to worry about uh, me telling you the truth. I will tell you the truth. And so ministry is stressful. And I want you to understand that on its best day, ministry 
is stressful. And so, you know, when things are up and things are growing and things are moving forward and you're dealing with the good stressors of ministry, it's still stressful. And then the stress of ministry can be very damaging on its worst day. Uh, in fact, Warren Wearsby, you know Warren? I, I love Dr. Wearsby. Uh, many of us know him from his days back in Back to the Bible, and uh, we know him from some of his commentaries uh, on Scripture. Uh, I have a book that's out of print now, but if you can find it, you will thank me for it. It's a book called In Praise of Plotters. And uh, in this book, uh, Warren Wearsby gives what he calls a formula for frustration. And uh, it really is a formula for stress. And so he says, why do pastors have so much frustration? Why do we have so much stress? And he gives four reasons. He says, reason number one, unreachable goals. Reason number two, unmanageable schedule. Reason number three, uncomfortable situations. And reason number four, unbearable problems. You know, that looks like uh, my to-do list. <laughs> On my to-do list, I have unreachable goals, unmanageable schedules, uh, uncomfortable situations, and unbearable problems. Well, that's the life of a pastor. You know, go into all the world and make disciples. Boy, what a vision statement, but that is also a goal that is often unreachable. Do everything on your to-do list every day. That is an unreachable uh, goal. Uh, unmanageable schedules. Now, there's a lot you can do to help manage your schedule. I hope you do that a lot at the Renegade Pastors Network and in our conferences in different places. But still, you know, things come in. Staff resign. There's a lot of things that are out of our control uh, when it comes to our schedule. So we've got to control what we can so that we have room for the unmanageable. Then uncomfortable situations. I mean, whether that's uh, preaching on Sunday or whether that's meeting uh, with a couple in your church or whether that's dealing with a d difficult theological issue, we're always in uncomfortable situations. And then unbearable problems. You know, as pastors, we care for the sheep, and uh, it's heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, I'm not the most externally emotional person, but, you know, the empathy and, and the, the compassion I feel for couples and for people who are in trouble and for this alcoholic that I was telling you about earlier, these are unbearable problems, and they don't always have the most uh, simple solutions. They have biblical solutions, but the scriptural solutions are not always simple. So these, this is a formula for frustration. And so this is the world we've accepted, and I embrace it. And, you know, God's called me to this, and I love being a pastor. I love being in ministry. And even though it, on its best day it's still stressful, the results, the eternal uh, rewards uh, keep me going. But if you try to say ministry can be stress-free and it's going to get better and tomorrow's going to be easier and you kind of paint yourself into this uh, somehow utopian uh, corner, you're never going to survive in ministry because ministry is stressful. So just acknowledge that. Just accept it. Now, you know, being in a, in a community like we have here at the Renegade Pastors Network, uh, learning and growing and all of that will help you manage the stress, but just acknowledge that it never goes away. And, and you don't want it to. You don't want the stress to go away. And that takes me to stress management lesson number two, which is know the difference between good stress and bad stress. Know the difference between good stress and bad stress. 
You know, there is such a thing as bad stress, and uh, we call that distress. You know, this couple that I met with uh, over lunch today, they are in distress. It started when he fell off the wagon now uh, a little over a week ago, quit the job, somehow or another got another job. That's an amazing uh, kind of thing, but then went to the interview, uh, showed up at home or at the airport last night drunk and uh, created all kinds of issues in marriage and everything else. They are in distress. Their world is out of control. There is sin in the camp. There is major distress in their lives. That has to be dealt with. That distress has to be brought under control. The stress level has to come down or they will not make it. That is distress. And you have to know when distress happens in your life. It's when things in your life spiral to such a point when the, when the heat is so hot you cannot take it. And, and that's going to happen. It should happen rarely. It should happen less frequently as you make good decisions, as you plan, as you experience God's uh, blessing. But it is going to happen. So you, you, you want to minimize those times of distress. And one of the ways you do that is you embrace good stress in your life. And there is such a thing as good stress. Uh, psychologists and uh, uh, health professionals sometimes call it eustress. And that's spelled E-U, stress. It's good stress, E-U, like where we get our word eulogy at a funeral. We say good words, eulogy. Well, there is eustress. And eustress is the good good stress that comes into your life. And it's good stress that you bring into your life or good stress that God brings into your life. And God uses it to make you more and more like Jesus Christ. And so eustress is part of the stress you have to go through to get the good result that God wants to bring about in your life. Perhaps the easiest way for me to teach this to you in a short period of time, and I go into more details in the resource, the easiest way for me to teach you this over a short period of time is to talk about the physical world. So if you ignore your physical health and uh, you get fat and uh, your blood pressure goes up and your arteries get clogged with Crisco shortening, you will eventually go into distress and you will have a cardiac episode. It sounds so nice when the doctors say it, but you have a heart attack. And uh, that is distress. It's perhaps the highest form of distress you can bring on your body. Maybe a brain stroke or something like that would be worse, but it's way up there on the list of distress, uh, distressing things that can happen. So in order to minimize that future distress and uh, hopefully to avoid that distress, you know, they say if you survive your first heart attack, you're going to live a long life, but uh, let's uh, deal with that at a later time. But in order to to push off that distress as long as possible or to minimize that distress, you have to pursue health. Now, in order to pursue health, you sometimes have to put good stress on your body. So disciplining your diet, to discipline yourself to eat healthy, that is a stress you add to your life, but it is a good stress. You know, a few years ago now when I lost all the weight and uh, after losing the weight realized I needed to get on the exercise routine, I tried a bunch of different exercises. And uh, that's another story for another day, but uh, I eventually settled on running. And uh, even today, today I ran 3.5 miles. And uh, I've been up as high as five uh, on a regular basis, but I was pretty happy today that I got in 3.5 this morning. 
But when I first started running, I, I ran like a half a block, you know, living in New York City. It was a short block, if you know what I mean. And uh, later that day, even only running a half a block brought some stress into my life. I mean, my feet hurt. My legs hurt. The, the pounding in my heart, like the chest area, hurt. I mean, the back of my throat from breathing hard, that hurt. But that little bit of stress, that was good stress. Because I stressed my muscles running the half a block. I let them rest the next day, and then I went out the following day, and I think I still only ran a half a block. But over the course of about two weeks, I got to where not only could I run the block, I could run around the block. And I did a little thing that you can find online called Couch to 5K. And uh, the online uh, program was designed to get you there in 60 days. I'm a slow learner uh, in this area, so it took me about 100 days. But I eventually got to uh, running a 5K, and uh, that's 3.3 miles. And uh, this morning I ran a 5K just as part of my normal exercise uh, routine. But it didn't happen overnight. There was stress involved, learning to breathe, muscles that I didn't even know I had uh, hurt in the midst of that. I learned things like I have a low arch or something. I have to wear these high arch supports and all that. But the point is, this was good stress that I brought into my life. Well, in doing so, I've been able, by and large, to keep the weight off. I mean, it fluctuates a little bit, but I've, I've kept the 75 pounds off. I may add five pounds here, but I try to lose it uh, there. My cholesterol level has dropped. You know, my good cholesterol has gone up, but my bad cholesterol has gone way down. My blood pressure, you know, my blood pressure, 115 over 72 is about my average with that. So a lot of good things have come into my life because I added the eustress, it made me healthier and either now will allow me to better deal with the distress when it comes. Hopefully the heart attack will not come, but it will allow me to deal with that or it will push off the distress even further. Uh, in fact, uh, when I recently had to have some uh, surgery to repair a congenital uh, defect, the doctor said because I was in such good health and because I had so little fat to cut through compared to uh, what it would have been many years ago, uh, I was able to recover from a rather dramatic surgery. I was able to recover within about two weeks and, in fact, did a big international trip on the back end of that. And so even though I still had to go through the surgery, I recovered quicker and better because I put myself through the eustress for years before that. So that's true in every area of life. You know, you stress yourself out to read a book, but then that helps you be a better manager. You stress yourself out to be on these calls and schedule to be on these calls, but that helps you better fulfill your calling. And so when you add you stress to your life, you actually are positioning yourself to handle more and more of the stressors that ministry is going to bring your way, and those stresses will still come, but they will not crush you. And, and that, I see this happen all the time, especially in one level up from the Renegade Pastors Network. And uh, by the way, if you've been in the Renegade Pastors Network for a while and you haven't upgraded to senior pastor coaching, you're really hurting yourself and hurting your church, and you should upgrade. And what will happen when you upgrade is by adding those coaching networks to your life and taking on the challenge to read two books a month, you can get by reading one, but I encourage you to read two, and by putting yourself through uh, the systems strengthening uh, network, 
coaching sessions, you will at first feel some of the use stress of that. You will be pulled a little bit. You will be stretched a little bit. But it, it is there that you grow. And by allowing me to stress you out at a higher level than I'm doing now in the Renegade Pastors Network, you're putting yourself in a position where you can handle more. And so you know the old saying, let us not pray for lighter loads, let us pray for stronger backs. Well, you know, part of, that, part of the way God answers that prayer request is through good stress. And so you've got to know the difference. You've got to know the difference between good stress and bad stress because no stress, that leads to atrophy. No stress forces you back into, pulls you back rather, uh, into average. No stress means you're no longer leading, and uh, no stress means you're no longer growing. And, and this is uh, a sign that you've abdicated your calling and you're no longer pursuing God's best for your life. So acknowledge that the stress go, never goes away. Know the difference between good stress and bad stress. And then let's get real practical. So from the mental uh, of number two to the acknowledgement of number one, just real practical here uh, on number three. And that is, in order to manage the stress of ministry, take time to decompress every day. You know, one of the images of uh, stress is the idea that your life is in a vice grip. Did, did you ever have a vice grip? Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you or not. I grew up uh, in the home of, uh, uh, of a father who worked on cars. And uh, my dad owned an auto glass business. That was his primary business. But then he worked on cars uh, at night. And so uh, in his little workshop in uh, the basement, or for a while it was just the shed out behind our house. We had a little small house. And later uh, my family built a house that had a basement. And uh, he would work on cars in the basement. But he had a, he had a vice uh, down there. And it was one of those that sat on the edge of a table, and you would put something in the vice, then you would twist the end, and it would squeeze. Well, he would use that uh, when he was welding parts together or when he was building something uh, or even just doing a project around the house. He might put two pieces of, uh, put a two-by-four in there, put the glue on it, uh, vice them together, and let it dry. And, of course, when he wasn't around, me and my buddies, we had fun putting stuff in the vice just to see if it would explode. You know, we'd put full cans of Coke in the vice, see how many times we could turn it before it would explode, and all kinds of other crazy stuff that I won't get into today. But that image of being in a vice, uh, that's kind of how we feel with stress. And so as you go about your day, uh, this vice is being tightened, it's being tightened, it's being tightened. And so what you want to look for throughout your day are times where you can stand up straight, where you can arch your back and stretch really high, and you can decompress. And, and you've got to find that throughout your day. You know, it's kind of like going to the chiropractor. Uh, I, I have lower back pain in about every two to three weeks. Uh, I go in to see my chiropractor, and he cracks my neck, and he cracks my mid-back, and he cracks my hips, and he plays with the joints in my ankles and pulls and tugs and does all this other stuff uh, to get me into alignment. And I often joke when I'm done, Doc, I feel three inches taller because, you know, gravity has been compressing on me so much, and he opens up everything, and it allows me to flow. And so I've learned when I'm sitting at my desk, in fact, I'm doing that right now as I'm teaching this to you. I've arched my back. I've lifted up my chin. I've extended my back to decompress. Well, just like I have to do that uh, every 90 minutes or so at my desk, 
You have to do that emotionally, spiritually, and physically throughout your day. You know, when stress comes into your life, you start breathing from a very shallow place. And instead of taking these life-giving deep breaths, like you may have heard me just take, we start taking these short breaths, almost like a dog that's panting after being tired. And those short breaths restrict the oxygen to our brain, and then that causes us to have a fog in our mind. And so stress literally does cloud our thinking because of shortness of oxygen, lack of oxygen. And so we have to decompress. So when you come out of a meeting where you've been dealing with some really stressful things and you're about to go into another meeting and deal with more stressful things, you better put a decompression chamber between the two. Now, what does that mean? Well, it could just mean that you go to your office, you close your door, you turn on some worship music, and you take some really deep breaths. Maybe take some deep breaths while reciting some of your favorite scriptures, you know, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation, says 2 Timothy 4, verse 5. You take some deep breaths, you clear your mind, you say a prayer, you leave that last meeting with, uh, with the Lord so that you can be prepared for your next meeting. So what I'm saying is, as you switch gears throughout the day, you have to build in times where you can decompress. You see, there are things that you can do to lower your stress level on the fly. And you have to avoid carrying the stress of one meeting to the next meeting. And then you especially want to avoid carrying the stress of the church home and make it part of your family. So, you know, one of the practices that... uh, Uh, that I've used forever since I heard Zig Ziglar teach it to me backstage in an event where we were both speaking is uh, I rarely go straight from the office to home. Now I take the most direct route from the the home or from the office to the home, but I have, I have a very intentional uh, ritual, if you will, that I do from the office to the home because I, I listen to worship music. I take some deep breaths. I commit the previous day to the Lord. I ask God to prepare me mentally so that I can be at home when I am at home. I journal and record notes at the office so that I know where to begin the next day so that I can leave that work at home or leave that work at the office so I can go home with a clear mind. And these transition times, these decompression times, as you switch gears throughout the day, they can be very powerful. Well, I hope this has whetted your appetite. Uh, I hope also that I've given you some very, very practical uh, tips that you can use right now in your ministry. And I do hope you'll pick up the bigger uh, resource. But my challenge is don't be average when it comes to stress management. The stress is never going to uh, go away. Learn to manage the stress or it will destroy you. And uh, I don't want that for you. You don't want that for you. And I don't think the Lord wants that for you. That verse, 2 Timothy 4, 5, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering or being stressed out for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. 2 Timothy 4, 5. I think part of us living out that verse in our ministry is learning to manage the stress of ministry. I hope that's been helpful to you. All right, we're back in the studio, and uh, hopefully that in and of itself was very, very helpful. I especially love the uh, Warren Wearsby formula for frustration, unreachable goals, unmanageable schedule, 
uncomfortable situations and unbearable problems, such as the life of a minister. So if you want to pick up that entire resource, you can go to churchleaderinsights.com forward slash stress. Or if you're listening to this podcast on our website, more than likely there's a link just below where you're listening. But I hope you will pick up the stress management seminar. I also hope that you will join and at least take a test drive of my Renegade Pastors Network. It is my most basic level network, and there is an opportunity for you to receive a full 60-day trial of the network for only $1. And that's not a limited trial. That's not a partial trial. It's a full trial. And uh, everything that you can get in the network, fully a full membership in the network for 60 days for only $1. To learn more about that, you can go to renegadepastors.com. And as soon as you accept your free trial and offer over your $1, you will receive a fast action bonus of over $113 worth of my best Uh, pastor management and leadership resources, plus a copy of my new hardcover book, The Renegade Pastor. So if nothing else, you get the book and a whole bunch of great resources during that $1 test drive. But once you get in the network, you're going to love it so much. I think you're going to want to stay because we do have the regular strategy and briefing calls like the one you just listened in on for a few minutes, plus the equipping interviews where I bring together some of my friends and some of the best known pastors, authors, and leaders in the world. Plus, each month there's a monthly bonus kit as well as all kinds of other great stuff for you. You can also get a free trial in the network if you pick up the stress management resource. So whether you get it by purchasing the stress management resource or you go straight to renegadepastors.com and take the $1 test drive, I do hope you'll give it a look. So let me give you those websites one more time. For the stress management seminar, you can go to churchleaderinsights.com forward slash stress. There you can pick up the resource with a lot of great bonus material as well as uh, receiving a two-month trial membership in the Renegade Pastors Network when you pick up the resource. Or if you just want to go to the Renegade Pastors Network directly, you can uh, find that for $1 at renegadepastors.com. And if uh, you don't have a dollar, I would loan you one if I could. I don't know how to send it through the podcast, but I think it would be worth your while to give this a shot. And uh, these podcasts are helpful. The resources are helpful, but nothing is better than the coaching networks. And my uh, uh, most basic level coaching network is the Renegade Pastors. After that, you can upgrade to the uh, systems coaching, like my senior pastor coaching network. And then after that, we get into assimilation, stewardship, and all kinds of other great coaching. There's a whole other side of Church Leader Insights that you may not be aware of, but hopefully you will discover as you uh, pick up the resource along with the free trial or take the free trial at renegadepastors.com. Either way, We are committed to helping you and your church. And if you have ideas or questions for me, feel free to email me, nelson at churchleaderinsights.com. Or if you just liked this podcast, let me know. And so uh, that's it for uh, this time. We'll see you back again next time with more from the churchleaderinsights.com podcast. God bless you. Thank you for listening.